so there is a new scheme which is going on and the scheme is that there is a new dress made up of a completely new material which is available in the divine market and this is one of the outlet stores jp nagar is another outlet store <laughs> number of outlet stores and um, this scheme the material is in abundance but it's a limited time offer that limited time could be 100 years 200 years we don't know it's a limited time offer but material is in abundance and there is a requirement for this uh, new scheme and the requirement is that uh, all that is required is to give your old worn out dress then the new dress which is there available is given to us but we are very attached to this uh, old dress like karna to his kavach and kundal very difficult to part with it we think this dress is uh, something very shobinda has used this word about uh, line in savitri about human virtues he says our human virtue a coarse pun ill fitting robe now this about virtue we are not talking of the other dresses which are obviously so all these dresses at another place he has said wooden apparels so material which is so hard tough so this is the dress our souls have worn for ages not just centuries and in the course of the sojourn of many lives this something very beautiful and i want that we all should always remember something among the many unique things about sanatan dharma one of them that we have not zindagi na milegi dobara but we have many lives it changes the entire perspective of course sometimes it can lead to too much laziness but more often than not it puts things on an evolutionary perspective which is something which shurbindo brings to the forefront something which we often miss out and therefore often misjudge things just today i had now after the train accident and all this people ask questions so one of them was that why has the divine made things the way they are now you see if we believe that things are fixed forever then this question is valid why did you make things the way they are but the moment we say that things we are all products in in the making nothing is finished then it makes sense we can understand it that there are incidents in the drama of his varied plot and as shobindo says towards the end wait for the last act of the epic of creation so it's last act has started we don't know how many scenes there would be so the moment we understand this key one of the key words that shobindo has brought to us is evolution now it immediately makes us look forward and one of the things which is again very beautiful among many other things as i say these are 
the background one of them is that there is an evolutionary idea in sanatan dharma very often people say that you know i know this not a talk on sanatan dharma but sanatan dharma is the base and it comes everywhere so see when we have this idea very often people ask that we don't have one book we don't have one guide what kind of a thing it is now we don't understand that it is so beautiful we don't only have many guides and many books we have an evolutionary idea of things so the whole progression of avatars when we look at it very keenly when we see nursing avatar and parshuram wonderful but today there are very few places where you know there are these worshiped there are some movies made on parshuram and you know very powerful movies but very few places then comes ram then comes krishna and each one the same fundamental truth he brings something new in the manifestation so things are moving ahead evolving so in sanatan dharma while the background and support is what was our face is turned toward the future and not backward we don't look back a thousand years or 2000 years behind and say there was once upon a time we say there was there is and there will be and what is going to be will be even more beautiful because it's there in built within the whole teachings so what really is happening one of the things which perplexes us all of us uh, is what is what is happening here upon earth and and in one way to use a modern terminology i like to put it this way that uh, if we want to know which is the most happening place in young age people are or go to downtown is the most happening place upscale most happening place so this earth is the most happening place and what is happening here is something so tremendous so beautiful so um, i mean the greatest adventures as madhuran shubindu put it and what is happening is as we all know but we often feel very morose about it is change because change is fundamental to earth existence there is always side by side walking with us the unexpected and this unexpected fills us with insecurity why because we want things to remain just as they are but when we understand that the unexpected is the joy and beauty of this creation the unexpected opens the doors to progress that's why our conception of death is not end but it opens the doors to new progress so unexpected change all these things even insecurity for that matter all insecurities are there to remind us that look whatever we felt secure about actually is not the real ground let's search still deeper for that ground of being where security is inherent so when we start looking at life like that this great wonderful journey movement 
always forward moving creation which is how swami vivekananda spoke in the chicago address and we can see it very beautifully when we go to pondicherry and see the sea among the many lessons one learns one of them is in the sea the wave rises up and then the wave comes crashing down then it rises up and comes crashing down right but there is something which is happening through this rise and fall it is always moving forward through the rise and through the fall through the rise and through the fall it is impelled by something intrinsic within it it is compelled by the winds by the sun and everything through the rise and the fall it is true of a life individual life it is true of civilizations it is true of all that has happened in the past there are steps towards a still greater future so when we spoke about this when this subject which came spontaneously uh, the four doors what i had in mind was the chapter of the life divine where shubhendra speaks about spiritual evolution this is the most happening thing so whether individual life or collective life life of a nation they run on two parallel stream so we have in our hand pamis will tell us two lifelines so if the outer lifeline is not very strong they say but andar wala acha hai that's called mangal rekha this is good strong so doesn't matter it'll take care of the outer <laughs> so our life runs on these two parallel streams the outer where we have the rise and the fall and this and that hundred events and when we are focused on it we go tumbling after jack and jill went up the hill and came down tumbling so this is how it happens but when we connect with the inner thread then we see through all this it is moving forward and then life grows beautiful meaningful purposeful so when we look at the past evolution because normally when we are taught and this is something which i wish now you know history is taught to us in a slightly different way because still the story of kings okay not these kings another kings but what is happening behind all these clash and clasp of civilizations you see there is something else especially in india always we will see an undercurrent of spiritual life never an age something for which we need to be 10000 times grateful and proud legitimately that we belong to a nation where always there has been a undercurrent of spiritual life it's something which we miss it's like uh, anywhere in the world one may go one would miss that because it's something so powerful so beautiful so rejuvenating nourishing and this undercurrent has taken several forms time to time this undercurrent emerges up in the life of an individual in the life of a group life and these emergences from within are an effort to create something nature is trying to create something and what is she trying to create she has to obey the will of her lord aishwara all is happening between ishwara and shakti <laughs> purush and prakriti <laughs> we are caught in the play <laughs> if we identify with prakriti we are carried but still she is also ultimately carrying us toward that 
and if you take the stance toward the purusha then it's i mean please uh, no gender biases purusha and prakriti are in everyone <laughs> ishwara and shakti are in everyone but uh, that's how the play is going on so time to time this inner thing emerges and this inner current which suddenly throws up sometimes like a giant tsunami in our life are those focal points which mark the history of spiritual evolution they are efforts at spiritual evolution and why spiritual evolution why particularly focus upon it we'll speak about what spiritual is that word has now so many meanings like every word like dharma equal to religion so when we go back to the root words that's why sanskrit words are so significant so spiritual adhyatmik so it's like atma is the self and adhi that which exceeds so always we are trying to exceed the sense of the self trying to discover something greater higher deeper more meaningful more purposeful so time to time these currents come up in the vedas there is a very beautiful description that there is the world of the diti surrounded by aditi all around it very interesting so what is this diti or this inferior nature born in division what is she doing she is building our mind life body that's a work and what is aditi doing she is infiltrating it with seedings of the soul para prakriti jiva bhuta so all of us is something which belongs to diti and all of us have something which is the eternal portion of the divine mother aditi the undivided consciousness and the moment we discover it life begins to change because it's the same difference between finite limited life and an infinite limitless life in every way we can expand it into every horizon so this undercurrent which is behind tends to surface like the patal ganga or if we go to bodhik bodhgaya i don't know you know there there is this pindadan mahapindadan if you are you have to do it so it's very interesting that there is uh, the undercurrent of the ganges you don't see it but you have to accept it by trust that it is there and when you do the offering why that all story is very interesting i am resisting the temptation oh, because vishnu's feet is there <laughs> there is a temple dedicated where vishnu has put his feet India is an amazing land, magical to say the least. So you go there, and when you do, it is believed that this mighty river, which is below, is the one which receives it and takes care of the rest. But this mighty river, like the lost Saraswati, that's why the story of Saraswati is so interesting. So at one level, we can say Saraswati was the mighty river which got lost, and we can look at it geographically. but mystically it is something very interesting saraswati we have ganga and yamuna the calm peaceful though sometimes when mandakini becomes tivra gamini then things are upset and the yamuna two currents of nature but the balancing saraswati is hidden inside time to time she emerges and it's only when we discover her that there is the meeting of these three that's where we have the prayag where immortality is found all these stories are so symbolic we don't have to go all the way to take a dip in the junction there also you don't see saraswati it's a mystic symbol it's a mystic story it's a tantric um, truth of the three currents which run through us
so this eruption emergence time to time leads to openings toward this greater higher consciousness which is always there but we don't see it so these currents have taken four characteristic forms i'll come to individual life later but in collective life they have taken four characteristic forms through which man has moved toward the great consummation first form or rather all the four that shubhendra speaks about he speaks about philosophy so philosophy is an effort of the mind to try to capture in a web of thoughts that which is beyond thought a very beautiful poem of shubhendra thought the paraclete paraclete is a bird so it comes here goes there but just like when you have to go to kedarnath now all all of that has become motorable road so it's wonderful but part of the fun is lost like you know when we used to go earlier for darshan into the ashram and wait for 4 hours it was great joy i don't know at least i used to feel 3 hours you're waiting you know now it is like you take a token and walk in theek uh, hai <laughs> it saves time <laughs> but the joy of waiting i think many of us have experienced that joy of waiting so thought stretches 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 so it was like you can go up to a point after which you have to leave your horse carriage or the kandi and you walk leave your feet footwear leave your headgear and go there and then you are ready for the vision of shiva so it's such a beautiful symbol that thought stretching towards what that is but invariably even in everyday life thought misses something and it's not very difficult to understand those of us who believe that no no philosophy look at it like supposing um, uh, we have heard about manasarovar and uh, uh, you know and kailash and the combination so we can watch a film over of it, over it no we can hear talks about it uh, oh wonderful let's plan it one day then people have a very good way of tallowing delaying the whole process jab shiv ji ka bulawa aayega are picture dikha diya you have been shown the movie somebody is spoken to you now what you are waiting ticket aa jayega <laughs> even if that ticket come you say no 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 yes you come personally and take me along come on that's <laughs> anyways so uh, this how so we have heard everything about manasarovar and mount kailash we have read all about it we have watched a movie and everything and we are thinking what it will be when we go there and recently there was a nice movie not on manasarovar but uchai i think some of us may have read seen it i'm not doing any promos and nobody is paying me for these advertisements but it's a movie which is very interesting so when you actually go there it's an aha experience you words cannot capture it words are stunned into silence and you realize the limitation of all the words all that you have heard all that has been spoken all that has been read appears sweet nothing and all that you could later on speak about it and write about it appears sweet nothing because that one moment that one glimpse that's what they show in the movie you know amitabh is sort of going through a kind of demented state and you know then suddenly when he stands and he loses the entire so thought spiritual philosophy has been an effort now why this is important because we often mistake 
that spiritual philosophy is equivalent to spirituality. We may read all the books on Vedanta and yet we know nothing about the eternal at all. It doesn't mean we should not read. As I said, one starts with reading, one starts by hearing about Somewhere somebody told tells about Mansarovar. We get in, engaged, but nothing unless we undertake the journey. So spiritual philosophy is when the mind has tried to understand what is behind creation. Beyond creation, is there an origin? Is there a source? And it has had this glimpse, that glimpse, somewhere or the other, or mind has conceptualized, and there are volumes and volumes for that one experience, one glimpse. So spiritual philosophy has been one of the efforts, doors. Shubhendu uses the word, it's doors, it's an effort through which a door opens. But when the door opens, when one day we close the book and say, I want (laughs) the original author. And we pick the pilgrim staff of faith and the torch of aspiration and come what may. But it has done its work. Wonderful work. So spiritual philosophy is an effort of the mind to seek that which exceeds, about which it is said, Yasmin Vigyate Vigyati Sarvam. It also says that not only knowing which all else is known, but he says if you have the thought of it, you know it not. Because that last step, it goes beyond all that has been read or heard. It's so wonderful. What is the other road? The other road or door? The other door in spiritual evolution is religion. Now this is a door from the mind and this is a door from the heart. Religion doesn't care about uh, what you conceptualize about God. It doesn't talk about Vedanta or Advaita or Dvaita or Dvaita Dvaita or Visishta Dvaita or Bheda Bheda doctrine. <laughs> it's it says, I love because I sense something that presents. And initially, like we capture the divine in philosophy through a net of words and books and scriptures, which at some point we have to exceed. That's why the Gita and Shurabindu both say, Shabda Brahmati Vartate. Don't become a slave to the thoughts because what is going to become transcends it. Similarly, religion tries to capture that ineffable presence. For it, it is not just a truth, abstraction, but a being, intimate, unnameable, but it tries to capture in name and form. It becomes so easy. And then, with name and forms, it tries to relate with that which has no name, no form, and can assume all names and all forms. But it tries to go through that process, through that door. And it's wonderful because it opens the door of the heart. But again, just like philosophy, if the heart is just too satisfied with only what is called as the Bahya Puja, then we miss the point. We miss the point because the master has to be discovered within. And no amount of his description, all the names, Aditya Sahasranam, uh, Aditya Hridayam, and Vishnu Sahasranam, Lalita Sahasranam, none of them can capture 
all names you see that grand vision on the battlefield of kurukshetra vishwarup what what name can really capture him it her or whatever that because there is no name which suits and yet someone with whom we can relate connect the beauty of religion is that it has taught man that you can connect with that presence is not just an abstraction the problem of thought is it leads to an abstraction there is an impersonal vast brahman but religion teaches us that impersonal is also personal and supra personal and you can connect with him relate with him so this is something so beautiful religion but again if we stop with a name and form the way it has been if we do not universalize the conception of the deity ashwabindu says in the synthesis of yoga then we again stop our spiritual evolution with that which came to lead us itself becomes a stumbling block just like philosophy can become a stumbling block if we start reading and talking and discussing and debating <laughs> then it becomes a stumbling block same with religion if we remains shut in formulas and sometimes savitri has lot of humor in it so there is one of the places where he talks about this and he says <laughs> to the this about you know at the mental level how uh, to the universal in a chapel prayed whose doors were shut to the universe to the universal in a chapel prayed whose doors were shut to the universe and in creeds and cults we tie him he loves to escape old naughty krishna nobody can tie him if he ties only by his own choice bhai prakat kripala teen dayala kaushalya then says you show me that other form ha huh? <laughs> what is that taji roopa uh, come back to the child form and he takes the child form out of his own will otherwise you can't so he has assumed all this is wonderful but the moment we take that now this is a very tricky thing is it that we are talking of go beyond the form to the formless no that being because formless again it seems that there is no being no the formless is a being because it's self conscious is conscious of himself therefore he is a being and he has assumed many forms uh, there comes a little tricky thing here then what about fidelity to a form nalnida answers it so beautifully and tulsidas in a very nice way he has answered he was told that you know krishna bow down he can't before he can bow before rama so he says looking at krishna he says kaha kahu chhavi aapki bhale birajonath you are wonderful beautiful madhuram madhuram kaha kahu chhavi aapki bhale birajonath tulsi mastak tab nave dhanush bandohath <laughs> i would bow to you but what can i do i know you are the same but please if you take the bow and arrow i'll bow down instantly so same thing we see that you know so each form each name is for 
it comes with a certain purpose so we should not become like that you know uh, chaotic confused liberal spirituality which doesn't matter like all gurus are the same shubhendra says <laughs> all gurus are the same and they come from one source is one side of the truth the other side is that each is an angle through which you are approaching so how to reconcile fidelity to the path and universalization each one will have his own form and name or maybe formless doesn't matter each will have his own journey and path and that's why because sanatan dharma recognized it there was no idea of conversion conversion had to be within as i was sharing this story of mine when i came here and nobody told me that you know bow down before mother i said rebelling 23 year old revolting post adolescent <laughs> i would have said you want me to bow down probably i would have had a nice discussion and told no 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 <laughs> it doesn't work like that when the time comes the divine reveals and he has his own way of revealing through a particular name and form that becomes for us and but there also we must universalize it everywhere to that extent look at shurbindo's how what is the starting point of the yoga where uh, he is in that uttarpada speech he mentions about the alipur jail where he sees the divine even in forms that are misused body and darkened minds and he says there too i saw vasudeva not only he saw he says these are the people i am going to uplift <laughs> so you have been with you know he is speaking about india so always when people feel un- unsure about india i said kitna reassurance chahiye <laughs> shri krishna reassured in 1908 shobindo has reassured us what more we want mother said i am taking the destiny i have taken the destiny of india in my hands when the shakti says so shifts herself come what may this is something which is written in the book of the gods nothing can thwart it even human stupidity cannot thwart it so that's of course a different subject so religion is another door beautiful door through which the heart open towards the divine that's spiritual evolution but again like all things it got shut into formulas rituals and worse still this is still okay in exclusivity that became the bane of religion religions we speak about exclusivity supposing we say only mother and shurbindo that is the only door or we start you know telling people even that is the highest door then i am turning it into religion let the divine decide for me yes they are not only highest they are the only door but this cannot be this not something to be told they have to pick up so janahi jin ram janahi he will reveal when the time comes and that becomes the door that's when this applies guru brahma guru vishnu guru devo maheshwara guru sakshat par brahma tasmay shri guru vinava so this is the second door through which spiritual evolution has taken place and the third door occultism so occultism is the effort of life to understand master the forces and much of what today goes on in the name of rituals and dances in india we all had temple dances all these are actually occult practices you see when ever see a person dancing moving 
and you will see that it is doing with playing with energy like in tai chi you see people doing this and that but in india this art was perfected and through dances you draw certain energies of a harmonious order and you are actually invoking the being it is a ritual worship it's not a dance it's it's very uh, we have forgotten that art so now it is a performance worse still performance it's never a performance it that's why they were called temple most of these dances were temple dances so they were occult rituals most of the dance forms are occult rituals and from there there came these rituals now even these rituals when we see every ritual it's a kind of occult occultism in everyday life in india it is inbuilt so when uh, uh, you do this aarti we're doing like this why don't you simply show him the light and <laughs> it is because of the fullness it's not just about the face the fullness i adore you in all things and everywhere i invoke you your presence so this circles always represent fullness so this fullness and then when they are taken you also are supposed to do the same thing and he will also do like this and put it like this and these are all occult practices with the hands you will see in olden time people used to come they used to do this uh, of course we now laugh at it jhad folk uh, <laughs> well we got all right nevertheless uh, doctors have forgotten if they would um, bring this ritual <laughs> occult rituals will be so much better <laughs> but they will be labeled as mad if they say take this pill <laughs> and hand over <laughs> put it before god pray to him heal me then after some time they will say doctor i think you need to see a psychiatrist everything is okay <laughs> but it is so true all these many of these things were ritual even things like don't speak you are too happy don't share your happiness so readily with everybody why because when you speak uh, there are forces which attack it it is something you learn with great ex- lot of experience there is a very interesting form of goddess uh, bagalamukhi and there is dashma vidya one of the goddess what does she do she restrains the speech i used to wonder why she would restrain the speech normally you feel saraswati is inspiring why she is restraining and then you realize why she is restraining apart from conserving things speaking is you are letting things open to all all the forces that's why the mother says don't brag occultism is inbuilt in the fabric of indian life so much so that now of course we use the word we have lost all that knowledge so it's superstition this that and yes many things have got mixed up many of the concepts which were not there within us have entered through another door and this door the color black and this was a whole science which so occultism is basically connected with life and will wanting to master all the forces so they went deeper and deeper and this came from tantra much of how much ever we may uh, condemn tantra and of course there are sides of it but the indian life the durga puja all these are all kundalini and tantric rituals all of them shakt they come from the shakt cults and of course vaishnava cults they were all laced with that tantric element 
so occultism which is was one of the doors because they said okay loving the divine is okay loving that ineffable talking about him fine but in real life in practical life how do i deal with it but again like both these aspects this also had its limits and the limit was what does occultism do it finds so many powers and aspects through which life you know we have mantra for every deity but what we do in the process in savitri we have wonderful description gods of the greater goddesses of the greater mind by knowing too much they missed the one thing to be known and the transcendent kept her secrecy so always occult and the spiritual occult could take us to the door but it could never match the spiritual spiritual is the one and we have the typical story of prahlad and haranikashup haranikashup is a great occultist he has got boons he can't die with this can't die with that means modern science has already entered the domain of the occult so all conditions outer conditions he has managed to conquer he has asked god he thought he is very smart he has asked i shouldn't die of this that everything all things so wonderful what else is required and he goes back comfortably but both the brothers did this hiranyaksh he dies of varah he thought what will wild boar do to me <laughs> so, of course now immortalized in that i mean beautifully brought out in that movie kantara nice movie so that's one okay then there comes this other which is nursing avatar he could never imagine that there could be that one can create endless that's why even raktabij they are all must there is a dark occult and there is a bright occult what was known in the west as white magic and black magic now i mean we don't we don't have to believe in all this because we have the one but this was the way human beings tried to open their doors black magic deals with malevolent forces and they can do lot of things but it's important to understand so people are often drawn and they ask sometimes somebody asked me i know of a person is very powerful he could bring uh, sweets whichever sweet store you tell him he'll bring in a moment from there if i remember right it was uh, agarwal sweets uh, if i remember right <laughs> no it's a <laughs> nice so he could bring in a moment you tell him and with this particular sweet and he would bring it he saying how do they do it alokta i i don't know my problem is different i would rather say somebody powerful who can take away from me the craving of sweets see this is the difference occult is something where you master and there are forces like that amazing force a mother speaks about it <laughs> there were these three fellows who tried to throw stones at shurbindo and um, they wanted a medium and who could become a medium normally people with a uh, very less intelligence and you know they easily crude they become very easily medium of such forces that's why in india there was so much knowledge about adhikar bhed not everybody was taken into spiritual life see what happened to hirde shri ramakrishna touched him and he lost his head he was his nephew there was so much and that's why in yoga to pull people because it's a tremendous power 
So therefore one has to be ready. Adhikar bhed. All this in occultism was there. You can't, if there is the slightest fear, once mother asked Pranabda when, you know, they would come, by the time they would come to the room, it's 1, 1.30 and Dada write that I was, by then I want to rest, but mothers would tell him, you want to learn occultism? He says, mother, is there a way you can just transmit it to me? <laughs> But she asked him why? Because he was, he had no fear even in the physical cells. Any fear and occultism is out. Because you are dealing with forces and energies. It's like in a nuclear installation. And yet, all occultism, and while it is so, the problem with the occultism is power. But this very power can destroy. It's like we try to pick up the gada of Bhim. Or better, not Gandhi, but Dhanush, Shiv Dhanush. If you are not ready, that's why very few go into the true occultism, which is the white magic, because it requires great Adhar. Uh, there is that um, passage in Savitri, uh, Book 7, Canto 5, and Shabinda says, Whose occult might no magic can imitate, when he speaks about the Kundalini Shakti. If the Aadhar is not ready, it will break down. So black magic was the one people practiced. But how dangerous it could be? So this person asked somebody who became like one of the servant boys in the ashram. And wherever he went, there the, he started manufacturing stones. So stones were falling. So the matter was reported to the mother. And the mother went into a, her inner world. And she saw there were three vital beings who were doing this mischief through this man. So they came to her with folded hands. I am sorry, but we are under his command. So, but we don't mind. You tell us. Whatever you want, we will do for you. So mother asked them, what can you do? They said, we can throw stones. Mother said, I don't need you. <laughs> Problem is, it falls back very badly. So it fell back on the magician or the fakir. And he was on the deathbed. And we know the story doesn't end there. When he was on deathbed, his wife came running and pleaded, please save him. And the mother goes to Shurabindo. One of the many touching stories, Shurabindo's compassion and humility are two things which are amazing. Goes and tells Shurabindo. She goes and says that, you know, this is what has happened. Shurabindo simply says, oh, What? Death for a few stones. And he recovers. What compassion. Death for a few stones. We though even one verbal stone. This man spoke to me like that. When? 20 years back. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not for his sake, for your sake. Release him from the heart, no. Poor fellow has advanced evolved further and you are holding it. Many quarrels I have seen in homes. Suddenly a whole barrage of pitara comes. You said this, that time, you have forgotten when. <laughs> so, one day you sit and say everything and burn it. <laughs> Don't keep reminding. So, these are also occult things, you know, quarrel, all these, because they are forces. Mother says, they bring in the inconsequences of, uh, the. they bring in the incoherences of fate. These goddess of the powers of the lower vital worlds. These train accidents, tragedy, all they get into people's head, give suggestions, 
make things go awry. So this this a whole field, and yet, and that's what we see in Hiranyakashipu story. That Hiranyakashipu asks for is a great occultist. He has mastered every possible force. Prahlad doesn't do all that. Prahlad simply says Hari 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 Hari. Wherever he goes, his uh, bua, aunt, holika, mal intention. Prahlad is a sweet little. He is symbol of the psychic being. Will you come with me? Yes, bua, no problem. This fire, she dies, but Prahlad survives. They try so many things, and yet he survives. Why? Because he has got it right. The course of the one. So this occult occultism cannot. Lead us to the one. It can lead us to the door where we have to surrender all these powers. If we have this illusion that these are my powers and I have these powers, one misses the real thing. Beautifully, Shivendra describes in one of his poems, Mahatmas. So as the poem goes, very interesting things Mother and Shivendra have revealed. One of that is that you may do hat yoga and raj yoga and all these practices, yet you may not be spiritual. No, I'll not touch upon that. <laughs> so he goes and he he wants uh, to Krishna Dwapayan Vyas. He has uh, come to him for the knowledge, but he knows that this man is not ready. He says, "Okay, what have you done? I have done hot yoga in three days. I have perfected what what Lichobindu says. What men in Kaliyuga, the yoga of the old Lemurian kings. This is not hot yoga. What we practice." What we are practicing is uh, some good exercises drawn from there. It's okay. It's good for the body and mind. Nothing wrong in doing exercises which are helpful. But hot yoga of the old Lemurian kings standing on one feet. This is what Hiranyakashipu. All these people did that hot yoga. So, anyways, through the body they had opened a door. So this this is how. So he says, no, no, it's not enough. I know you have done all this. Go, go and. Come back to me after some time. So he practices Raj Yoga, and he says not this Raj Yoga that people practice now, but Raj Yoga of the Atlantic kings, which he again finishes in three days. Has lot of powers. Raj Yoga gives lot of powers. Uh, even Hatha Yoga gives Anima, Garima, Mahima, Lagima, uh, Anima, all kinds of powers. Uh, Raj Yoga also gives Vyapti, Prakamya, many of the things. And then he comes, and uh, he is all shining locks and all very proud. Now you give me the ultimate knowledge. He says, "Find Krishna." So with all his occult knowledge, he tries to find Krishna, and he can't find him. <laughs> he tries. He goes to Yudhishthir's palaces. He can't find him. He goes to this place, Vrindavan, here, there. He can't find him. So he doesn't know what to do. So he is very distraught because Guru has put this condition. He says, "All these occult knowledges, I can't find Krishna." And then he sees there is a madman jumping on the slopes of Himalayan slopes, and he is delighted. And there he sees Krishna in him. As he goes near him, Shubhendra says, "This man kicks at him, and all his powers go away, and he is reduced to a child." And then he dances and says, "Here, beggar, take your gifts." He gives them. So, see, this is something much beyond spirituality. Is always beyond occultism. All that is needed can come. In fact, it is the highest truth because all occult powers, gods, goddesses, they all come from there. So, while gods and goddesses, this entire world of 
Shudra Devta and Ucha Devta and all these titans, which is the dark worlds, but all of them draw from the one. So spirituality is all about one, but till one advances there, all these have opened the doors. At least they have enlarged man's scope, that there is something higher, something greater. And like a ladder, zigzag of the gods, people have tried to climb. And the fourth door, which is the most direct, is spiritual experience and realization. So there comes what is really spiritual experience. So we all immediately have this conception. I'll suddenly see God, just like Arjuna saw God. <laughs> Even Arjuna, who is with whom she Krishna has been together, he says that you don't know for lives we have been together as Nar Narayan. So he says, but who are you? You are saying all this, I don't understand. Show yourself to me. He says, you can't see. But I'll give you as an act of special grace for a moment and he can't bear it. It's not easy to see God. What we can see is something of his through one of the forms. Yes, all that is possible. But the divine in all his effulgence, people often ask, that you know, we if God is there everywhere, why doesn't He show Him to us? So my simple thing is, ten minutes stand outside, gaze at the sun, <laughs> and I won't be responsible for what happens. Then talk about setting your eyes on the on 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 a light <laughs> before whose effulgence the sun appears as a darkness. That's how. Yama tells Nachiketa, Natatra Surya Bhati, Kuto Yamagini, Nachandra Tarka. So one cannot behold. But now we come to that. There are many experiences. Sometimes it could be just a little peaceful feeling. We go to the ashram and feel some kind of presence. Some, somebody as if, Chue koi mujhe par nazar na aaye. Okay. <laughs> so somebody touched and I couldn't feel. Sometimes it can take strange forms, even through the so-called human forms. There have been experiences like that. You think it's a human relation. It is a human relation, but the divine enters through some door and suddenly touches and goes. So there are so many ways that the master, the beloved, the lover, the one, the infinite, the wonderful, he comes to us. We are going through things and there is a sudden difficulty and Something happens and the chariot turns in another direction. So, spiritual conscious uh, experiences are not just... Uh, in fact, if one were to write about spiritual experiences, it would literally be that endless. And I do believe that, uh, especially those who are marked for spiritual life, they do have some kind of in contact which translates itself into some kind of experience. That experience could be something like a strange urge, strong urge, pull. Pull towards a particular form, pull towards a particular, maybe a reading or a path or any, it can take any form. Or suddenly, you know, I have seen people who come to Pondicherry repeatedly and I ask them, uh, I am sure it must be here also, uh, why do you go this way? Achha lagta hai. Uh, you ask them, achha lagta hai means, how do you define that achha lagta hai? I feel nice. It can take plenty of forms. But there again, there are some more direct and some which are indirect from behind the veil of secrecy. And then there are some really great ones out of which the one experience which where we see Sri starting point, 
the Gita speaks about it that rare is he who beholds me in samagram maam in all my totality and completeness people had spiritual experiences great saints and sages some on peaks of trance they had the bliss of the ineffable some that vast impersonal peace that surpasses all understanding some experience the doors of knowledge open and rivers come pouring down ila mahi saraswati bharati all this so people had different experiences a power supporting their life vibhuti genius all these are different grades of spiritual experiences but again there we see that we can stop there and that's why it's important to understand these are early glimpses one of the most beautiful you see something beautiful about shorbindo which we all want to remain young i'm sure uh, no cream can make us young that's for sure uh, it will keep the people who are manufacturing them young uh, young or old i don't know but they will build nice houses giving you the illusion of fair and lovely first of all i don't know this racist cream why fair is lovely we have shyama sund so anyways that's a different story but point is that if we want to remain young we should always look towards the future why because these are the three characteristic child is always full of wonder child means always we should be have a little child within us what is that child thing within us always not satisfied with any number of explanations oh i have read this book this is how things are sometimes i have asked uh, people what do we really know people say you know this world is like this this like this this like that i say are you so very sure go to the depth you will see you don't know there comes a point you don't know that's when we are ready for knowledge child is always full of wonder for him life is full of wonder because he doesn't know we form presumptions very soon we just fix things as if we know it all there is a nice limerick on it someone says my name is benjamin jovit i am a graduate from belial college all that is knowledge i know it what i do not know is not knowledge <laughs> what presumption today i somebody had sent on uh, whatsapp i had once a long discussion with a devotee of richard dawkins <laughs> so avoid atheist and he has converted suddenly to hardcore catholicism this latest news <laughs> so what do we know what is going to happen tomorrow we believe that we know so this child is there who is always wanting to learn and the youth is there always wanting to try new things not be satisfied with any experience however great even if one had the vision of god what next that's what we see in shurbindo his starting point is vasudevam sarvamiti somebody else would have said okay wow now all the malas that are going everywhere i will sit on a dais the crudest vulgarest conception of god sorry to say sitting on and all the malas going there it's so gaudy no i don't know look at shurbindo giving darshan shurbindo and the mother <laughs> sitting on a sofa if you look at that sofa actually it is 
fairly small with <laughs> till date same but it was not the malas and all this but looking at him it was difficult to behold that was darshan so that all these adulations nothing always so shubindo after all those realizations he says no there is something more to do and what does he say all these spiritual experiences and realization he writes a letter to barin his brother he says sir what are you doing there why don't you tie your bundles like everybody else because he has not even taken a single disciple so he says i am not in a hurry let others tie their bundles i am not in a hurry to tie my bundle I have done my share of man making. Now I want to do divine man making. Sir, do it now. He says no. Up till now, he writes in a letter. All that the average Vedantin has touched is nothing but the helm of the transcendent. A hurried glimpse into the unknown. All that an average devotee has experienced. is nothing but a little spilt from the nectar of the rain of gods that's all and it has maddened him that's not what i want i don't want to make another emotional fervor and you know big philosophy like that this is all that is done now i am into another pursuit when it speaks about supermind he says 10 years i am able to rise into the last of the third three layers of the super mind just imagine looking forward toward the future how the mother okay this he had all the experience now in the cells all the cells must experience it what patience perseverance and for every one of us so even spiritual realizations and experiences are they are the most direct entry no doubt about it they leave a stamp but they don't change shubhendra says something very interesting spiritual experiences leave a stamp a beautiful stamp but they don't change us realizations yes realization is the next level realization is when an experience get established i have feeling of peace it's an experience when peace is established it cannot be shaken even on the battlefield then it's a realization but even that is not adequate so how should bindo keeps moving all these when we look back he says are preparations that is the beauty of shurbindo so what's going to come what is left undone and there he comes out after all this that he says very beautifully in in one of his letters that i do not consider the history the spirit the spiritual history of india as a book that has been written and finished there are more things which are to come and that's where we started changing of this robe we all know the divine is inside at least we believe in it but we don't see why we all know that he is inside but look at this temple often people are taught to meditate upon the body as a dead corpse and you know full of vishta and is so horrible but this is a temple it should become clean it should become beautiful worthy temple that which is inside must show up through this temple
That's how we see Shurabindu and the mother. It was so difficult to behold them. People had such experiences. Even Champak Lalji. And I don't know, I asked him, how do you travel? Then they said, well, he, they uh, samvaran kar lete apne andar. But uh, there were times when his body would, as if it's light, radiating. If the body is not there, just something luminous which is coming out. So this body itself must change. Mind must change. It must be trans- It's not enough because what we are when we talk about spiritual experience realization, they are in a deeper ground of being. That's why yogis who have it somewhere in Himalayas. I don't know why everybody goes to Himalayas uh, after the Gita. Himalayas should become defunct because we already have a path in the battlefield. <laughs> but anyways, it's one's choice. And then one comes. Guruji Himalaya gate. That's I have always felt that is unfitness because if one has gone to Himalayas and realized I want to learn I can't go to Himalayas I want to learn how to have this while I am dealing with everyday life with all its ups and downs and turbulences so somebody who has realized it somebody who says well I led, led a normal life a regular life I am a regular guy and yet went through and that is the path that Shurabindu and the mother tell us in the smallest details of life the divine must flow it's not enough that in that religious fervor in the temple while adoring the murti we say shivoham shivoham that's the truth but also when we are face to face with Andhakasur and Jalandhar we should be able to say shivoham shivoham satchidanandoham it's not enough that we read all the books, but whatever we speak should become a Veda. What is Veda? Veda is the soul vision expressing through speech. Highest intensity of speech that human beings are capable of is the mantra. It is not enough that we learn all the elaborate spiritual uh, occult practices through which we manage and control this force and that force. But rather we surrender everything at the feet of the divine and let him manage all the forces that come our way like Arjuna. It is not enough to have this experience and that experience, this realization and that realization. But not to rest till every, as Sivinda puts it and with that we can stop and have questions as the Buddha turns from the threshold of realization. And says, no, till a single soul is struggling with suffering, my realization is not complete. The highest spiritual experience till now was moksha. And there is so much talk about moksha. But don't we see it's ultimately, if it is an end, if it is a, it is needed as a, it's a stage. Moksha in the sense, freedom from ignorance. When you know, when we know that I am, not this mind, body, life, not this little personality, not my biodata, not my, uh, what is that called, visiting card. Then, but what I am, who I am, when we know it, now that is the moksha, because I am freed from that fundamental ignorance. In that sense, yes. But where we see doctrines of moksha, this was not so in ancient India. This became much later as something very prominent. And moksha took this idea, not as freedom like Janak and Krishna and Bhishma, but it took that form of otherworldliness. Then we missed the point. And 
moksha as an end point where one my personal being or soul merges with the divine and is done with suffering and pain how selfish one would say while countless souls are struggling and suffering and this world remains still held in the hollow of the hands of rudra rudra is still okay but the asura and the rakshasa and the pishacha hold it so as long as that is there how can one individual moksha that's why shubindu says it's not enough to discover the god within but also to discover him in his universality in the entire cosmos the working and participate play one's own role and then beyond the cosmos in his transcendent being as he says i manifest the right answer to descartes i manifest therefore i am and because i transcend the cosmos and the manifestation therefore i am so this is the long journey all this was preparation these are the doors individually they take the form of through the mind gyan yoga through the heart bhakti yoga through life and its forces karma yoga even the body must engage in yoga which is something new hatha yoga is not yoga supramental yoga hatha yoga was to superimpose upon the physical working the working of a higher quality vital energy that's why you know it's combined with pranayam which can prolong life give us health but that is by no stretch of imagination the supramental transformation some people try to you know hatha yoga cannot lead us to supramental transformation but even the body must remember god and must taste immortality i think i will stop here I already stressed 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 but any questions i'll be very happy yes please Yes. 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 So, uh, of course, there is an aphorism of Sri Aurobindo on this, uh, but I'll not uh, talk about that aphorism. It's about God laughed thrice. So, but that apart. so um, and i am not sure whether people understood shankara what he really said but yes that's how it is that the world is an illusion now shubindu and the difference between the illusionist advaita and shubindu used the word realistic advaita for his own doctrine uh, the illusionist advaita is which where one regard this world as fundamentally a non existent reality which is a non starter whereas shubindu says it's an illusion in the sense it's a distortion of the real and therefore it can be corrected so here it's an illusion because we are wearing the wrong glasses and if you change the right glasses then you will see the world in its true reality and then even the surface one can work to change it this is one reason second is in the entire spiritual history of mankind uh, there are very few instances uh, i mean uh, from whatever i have read most of it few samrishis for instance rishi agastya uh, vasist to name couple of them subsequently shri krishna i'm leaping across many uh, glimpses here and there and of course shirbindo where the individual realization was joined by the universal so it's only when you become one in the cosmic consciousness 
that you can stay in a room and change and work up on the world. And obviously, Sri had uh, way back universalized his consciousness because he had already the experience of Vasudevam Sarvamiti, which Sri Krishna says is very rare. But that's why he could be on the battleground or as the Sarathi, but it didn't make a difference. He could act upon the entire. Uh, such, uh, I, I don't know, they are rarest of rare. What comes very with clarity is Sri Krishna and Shurabindo. And if I read, or rather read between the lines in the stories, some of the stories of Rishi August, because he drank the whole sea, uh, which is the waters of cosmic waters, and Vasist Rishi, whose story Shurabindo writes about, you know. So they, they were aware and they, to an extent, did act upon the. Uh, cosmic consciousness while being in one place but very rare and obviously Shankaracharya was far from that having said that I must say because people get into this conflict uh, Shankaracharya, Buddha all of them in their own time in their own right at their own place were right within their limitation because that was an age when to speak about even to dream of transformation was impossible People were drenched into, uh, you know, killing and uh, plundering, building empires and this, that. So he had to, see, always asceticism comes to correct an excess of rajas. So asceticism comes as a, even in individual life. But if you make it the way of life, his mistake was that he generalized it. That was the error. As an individual, it's perfectly fine. For a few faithful, it's perfectly fine. But when you make moksha of that kind and sannyasa, like non-violence, the ideal of a race, you impoverish it. And that, I think, was the bigger error. And more than him, people adopted even now. They still, you know, I often say that at least now, minimum we should speak about the Gita and the ideal of Sri Krishna. That's a minimum that will save us from uh, many errors and some people take a great offense, but uh, once I said that uh, Rashtrapita is not Gandhi, he is a great leader or whatever, it doesn't matter where his name is, okay, among the many, Rashtrapita, if any, is Rama, Krishna and Shurabindo. Shurabindo is, he created the new India, gave birth, and because what is birth? Conception. So, uh, whose conception of India comes closest to what Aryavarta is? So you see very clearly, it is Rama at the origin, Sri Krishna, who really established Aryavarta. Before that, there is Jamudvip and Shurabindo who gave to this Aryavarta once again a soul and a new body which is going to last forever. So, but yes, those who want to believe in Shankaracharya, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's a different story. But yes, it's a paradox. That uh, even the story about uh, going back to his mother when she, she, because he had promised her that, you know, I will come. That's how he took sannyas, compelled her that, you know, you tell me that to take the sannyas, then this crocodile, anyways, I'm going to die. So all those stories are very interesting. Also the Ubhabharti episode, part of the history, but what is going to come is going to be much, much better. So we should look toward the future. They were great steps, as I said. Spiritual experiences, realization, wonderful. But let's not be stuck there. Let's move toward the future. That's the beauty of Shurabindo. Something much more complete, integral. And that's the wonder of wonders.